Okay, if you need to stretch your legs, go ahead. Forgetting if I let if I go all the way to the end of the class, announcement I'm supposed to make. So I'm going to make the announcements now. Uh, we won't have class next Friday because Jimmy Kenshin Butcher is teaching right next Friday. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and how? Or is that the following weekend? No. <coughs> this comes coming Friday. Yeah. Friday, 7 p.m. in Howell, and then Saturday and Sunday. You may continue, which I will be teaching on, on an incredible text. Um, it's called The King of Prayers. It's found at the end of the, uh, what's it called again? Avatamsaka Sutra, at, this, at the, the end, the, the last sutra of that text. And this is where, uh, yeah, this is where, uh, uh, if that, Bodhisattva never existed. If that Bodhisattva is a mere legend, the, that, that's not the important, important lesson of the, of the sutra. It's showing how precious is perfection of wisdom and the determination uh, of someone who realizes the, the preciousness of such a thing. Uh, and there, so you have a Bodhisattva, it's called ever, ever weeping with ever weeping bodhisattva. And reason it's called ever weeping, there's a story, read it, and you find out. <laughs> uh, it, I think it's called the, what's it called? Flower Ornament Scripture. It was a hundred bucks when it first came out. <laughs> <laughs> and because a wonderful uh, system of printing has improved, I think it's now it's like $50 or something. So it's still pretty steep, but you know, it's about this thick, so. <laughs> Uh, so you can, you can it's the, the entire book is just incredible, uh, from beginning to end, the descriptions. In there, that's where the, the description of the Bhumis, the, uh, all the descriptions of what happens on the Bhumis, uh, come from that, uh, mainly from that sutra. Well, uh, so the very last chapter, and towards the very last chapter, there is a, uh, the Bodhisattva the, the ever, ever weeping meets Samantabhadra and Samantabhadra relates to him well on Sunday. Anyway, it's it's uh, ever weeping looking for a teacher to teach him the perfection of wisdom. And uh, and on his way to meet the perfect teacher he encounters different teachers. And then they teach him something about the perfection of wisdom until finally what happens finally anyway, finally he meets the, the teacher I don't know if they actually, actually teach him anything. <laughs> probably just turn, probably slaps him in the face. What's the matter? Wake up! <laughs> <laughs> but it it's, it's, uh, shows the determination of somebody who really appreciate, who, who has a sense of deep appreciation for something and what they're willing to go, to, what they're willing to do to get it. So, 
when you when the objective of your what I'm calling the objective of your aspiration is clear to you when you understand how valuable it is to you then the steps that you will take to achieve it uh, you're not concerned about that you're only concerned about getting it if you have to uh, what is it? jump through a hoop is that the expression? jump through a hoop hoops jump through hoops what, what is that? <laughs> jump, no, put the hoop around and jump that's supposed to be difficult huh? Circus trick. Circus trick. Yeah, the dog okay. temperature. Oh, okay. So it's like humiliate yourself? Yeah, it's been a lot of effort, you know. It's been a lot of effort. Yeah. I mean, would it be difficult to jump through a hoop? Yeah. Yes. It is? Yeah. Especially when it's on fire. And oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if there are hoops with the yeah. on fire, fire. And, and you have to go through it to get to your objective, and you're convinced your objective is beer is in through that hoop, you, the fire will not bother you. We just go through it. Okay. If you're hesitating, it's because what's beyond the hoop, you don't really appreciate it. You don't really think, you don't think it's really valuable for you to go through the trouble. Okay. So, and your, your whole path is determined by how you appreciate the goal, the end of the path. Okay. If you're having a problem walking the, 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 the path, then the goal is not clear to you. Then you have to address that. You have to find out why you're hesitating. Perhaps uh, some part of you sees it more, uh, sees it what you're going after clear, more uh, clearer than you, and then it's not conscious. It's something that you're consciously aware of, and that's where the hesitation comes from. That's where the... the apprehension may come from. So if the apprehension is uh, well-founded, you will find out just by examining. Where am, I, where, where, where am I going after? Oh, I mean, if I go through the hoop, will I get to it just on that chair? What, how valuable is that chair for me to go through the hoop and risk my burning myself? Okay. And then if, it's, if, you, if you don't think it's valuable enough, then you, know, you may not do it. It's, oh, there was a TV show, I, um, I watched it once, people eating worms and things like that. Fear factor. Fear factor. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> the, only, the only good thing I got from that show was uh, I was reminded of uh, when Master Tisha, after 12 years of practicing, he said, oh, this is not living in, leading anywhere, and he said, I'm abandoning this. And he goes out and then he, the first, thing, first encounter, he sees a, a crazy guy with a boulder, with a feather, and then he's you know, rubbing the boulder. Yeah. And he said, what are you doing? He said, I'm making a needle. No, he's... <laughs> he said, ah, if somebody with such a crazy idea can, have, can put so much effort in, in their crazy idea, my idea is not crazy, why can I put more effort into it? And he went back into the cave. So, I'm just thinking to myself, well, if people are willing to do, eat worms, <laughs> <laughs> to get ten thousand dollars, they're gonna blow in down on the weekend. I can put a little more effort in, in my practice. <laughs> so that was uh, the lesson I got from that. And after that, yeah, I, did, I didn't need to watch it anymore. <laughs> now, uh, I started to men uh, once in a while. I start to talk about. Uh, uh, 
uh, motivation in a sense of making, distinguishing uh, what is Hinayana motivation, what is Mahayana motivation. And we think that, especially if we are Mahayanas, or if we are, especially if we are in a tradition that, that, is, that claims to be Mahayana's tradition. So we think that, well, I'm the Tibetan tradition, they are Vajrayana, they are Mahayana's, I'm, I'm, I, I read their books, I listen, go to their teachers, so therefore I'm Mahayana. Okay. And those, those, those people over there, the, the, uh, they, don't believe, uh, they don't believe in the books, they don't believe in the books that I believe in, so they are lesser than me. Okay. So I am Mahayana. And then, of course, when you're reading about uh, those beautiful descriptions of the Buddha lands, the beautiful descriptions of the Buddhas, you know, all those incredible things that they're able to do, you think, oh, look at that. And that's what I'm aspiring after. Those people, they don't know any better. Uh, I'm Mahayana. I'm better than them. I'm, uh, I'm, I, I'm, I, I am aspiring to have the best looking body in the universe. I am aspiring to be able to be invincible. I'm aspiring to have you know, millions of people following me, you know, you know, uh, following, doing whatever I tell them to do. So I am Mahayana. Okay. So we look at the, the <laughs> hmm. yeah, I'll say that. <laughs> we look at the enticements that, draw, that, 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 that are meant to draw us to the path as being the very path itself, the very goal of the path. Okay. And we think about, oh yeah, I'm going to have the kind of mind that's going to be blissful all the time. Uh, yeah, now I'm Mahayana. And we, we, we do this over and over again and it becomes unconscious. Then we fall into a trap. We're not even Hinayanas. And we think ourselves Mahayanas. And if we are, yeah, okay, if we are lucky, we're a teacher who teaches us Tantra, oh, now we are superior. <laughs> we're not just superior, we're not just better than all the earthlings, we're better than everybody in the universe. Okay? Look at us. They, they, they tell me Tantra is rare. <laughs> Only very rare people get to hear that kind of stuff. Yeah. I heard it, so I'm very special. And it's not every corner of the universe. This is, it's not in every corner of the universe that this tantra is being taught. So, come on, <laughs> guy, you know, in a very attractive uh, red clothes, told me so. You know, and he had those very nice, fancy, uh, golden-looking instruments. So. He told me, and uh, therefore, okay, I mean, I have to accept it. I'm superior. I'm better than everybody else. <laughs> I'm going to be doing all those fancy stuff, fancy tricks. Uh, I'm going to play around with bliss. You know? uh, I'm going to be able to count, you know, one million bliss, two million bliss. <laughs> I got a million more to go to. Um, then we forget why we got ourselves involved with all this in the first place. And one thing in particular that I want to, uh, one thing in particular uh, that 
makes me address this over and over again is when someone, you know, they're doing their tantra, you know, they're, you know, moving the winds from their toe to the top of their hair and, you know, making it turn blue, white, and yellow, and all that kind of stuff. Um, they can sit for five hours, you know. Uh, then they go out into the world, not really engaging anyone, just going out into the world, going about to uh, do their, 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 going about their business, and they hear news that uh, some bad things happening over there, some bad things happening over here. Uh, someone they know, someone who's close to them is in trouble, and they go back into their, they run back into into their cushion, and they move their hair, the, the you know the let they move, they think, they're moving. Uh, they move the the green wind, you know, to the left side, and the the, the red wind to the you know, all the way to the, the bottom of your toe, and things like that. And uh, and they go back out, and they look to see if, if there's any change. And they don't notice any change. They go back again, and they start wondering what's hap what's wrong with my practice. I'm not changing the world. And turn on the news to check on your practice. Wow! Right now, there's a what's that thing called in Wall Street? What's it called? Uh, protest. The protest going on in Wall Street. The protest going on in uh, almost almost uh, every uh, almost everywhere in the uh, planet somewhere. There's some sort of protest going on. Oh, this, this, these people are suffering. They're demanding that their suffering be end, uh, come to an end. And they're, uh, some of them get, are getting shot, some of them are being beaten up. So, what's wrong with my practice? Why is it my world changing? <coughs> what were you expecting to see when you move your green wind to the left corner of your, of your channel? You're expecting to go out and all of a sudden the world is blissful? Everyone you meet throws a red carpet in front of you. When you're walking outside, people are chanting your name and throwing <laughs> flowers at you. What were you expecting? How were you expecting the world to change? And without knowing it, because you hear that Bodhisattva, the Buddha land is you know, filled with flowers, people singing all the time. <laughs> it's like a constant eternal musical. <laughs> Uh, everybody's happy, everybody's blissful, everybody, the only thing people talk about is Dharma. Everybody talks Dharma over there. Uh, Avatamsaka okay. Sutra, no Prasna Paramita Sutra. Ah, no Ratna Kutra Sutra. That's supposed to be, that, that, that's how the world is supposed to change. So you only hear, uh, that's what, the, so because you hear, that's what the Buddha is supposed to be like. So when you go and move the green wind to the left corner, you, you go out and take a peek and say, oh, it's not a Buddha land yet. And you think there's something wrong going, with, going wrong with your practice if you hear, you hear, instead you hear protests when you turn on the little, uh, little box. 
Well, right now it's flat with the <laughs> it's not a box. <laughs> so when you, when, you, when you hear protest going on, you think something is wrong with you. When you hear news that so-and-so that you love is sick, you think something's, something's wrong with your, your practice. You want, when you step outside the world, you don't want to hear any bad news. Well, let me tell you this. Without knowing it, thinking that you were Mahayana, Mahayanis, you are really aspiring to be a Hinayanis. If you're hoping that when you step outside the world, they will, oh, all of a sudden, you become, become blind to hearing, uh, not to blind to hearing, <laughs> doesn't make sense. You become blind to any kind of suffering. You don't see any homeless people on the street. You don't hear any bad news. All you want to hear is people saying, Oh, Sangha Chunong Sabinam, you know, when you, when you reach, when they greet you on the street and they throw flowers at you, then secretly, you're being a Hinayanis. And what does that mean, you're being a Hinayanis? Hinayanis. I'm not saying that, oh, secretly, you're following the tradition of those people uh, in the South, or the people in the West. No, that, that, that's, not, that's not what it means. Because the, the people who are following the, the tradition in the South or in the West, they could be doing the, following the practice, never, don't even have any concern for the term bodhisattva. Don't even have the, uh, any aspirations to, uh, to have some, to one day have their own Buddha land. And they are, they, they, they are Mahayanis. And just like you can have somebody who is born in in a Vajrayana family, their mother, father, they're all hardened practitioners. And everyone around them, all, all the friends and neighbors of, 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 of their parents are Vajrayana practitioners. And ever since they were a little baby, they were initiated into, you know, Yamantaka, Vajrayana, mm -hmm. all the Vajra lineage and uh, diamond lineage and, uh, I don't know, what else is bigger than diamond? All that, they, they're into it. They're into, they, they were initiated into the quintessence of the Vajra. They were initially into the quintessence of the quintessence of the quintessence of the Vajra. Okay. So all of that. And if that was, if they, if they never examined, why am I doing this? What do I really want? How is this going to help me what I want? What I want is a nice little house with uh, friendly neighbors. So when I get home, I don't have to, you know, shout out the window, turn that music down. <laughs> That's all you want. And you're hoping that the spiritual practice will someday will make your house into a world. And you don't have to worry about neighbors, you know, being, having bad neighbors at all. And the only people that are there are people that you invite. And after checking their credentials, making sure that they're, you know, what, what Bodhisattva are you? Buddha land, only the eighth level Bodhisattvas are there. Uh, and we completely misunderstand those things, Buddha land and, and world of bliss, we completely misunderstand this thing. And we're expecting it to happen right here, right now. Uh, and I have to tell you, uh, when, you when you pick up the, the, the path, and you even just listening to your breath, following your breath, 
you're, you're going to uh, increase your field of awareness. You're going to be aware of more things. And did, did, didn't the Buddha say, you know, point to something called samsara? <laughs> I mean, where did he see it? I mean, what was he talking about? And how did he describe, how did he describe it? I mean, describe it with, with such horror. I mean, uh, uh, the Buddha always talks about you have to watch your mouth, don't say, uh, uh, don't say uh, harmful things, don't say, you know. And then when the Buddha is talking about samsara, I mean, he lets it go. You see that, that, that sewer pit, that... <laughs> I mean, why was, he, why was he describing it that way? What, I mean, he was talking about the, 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 that garbage can in the corner of his Buddha paradise? He was talking about exactly the thing that you're seeing. And you're disturbed by it. Of course you're disturbed by it because that, that's what it is. It's disturbing. And when you become more and more aware of these things that are going on, don't think there's something wrong with your practice. If you think there's something wrong with your practice, then you are a Yinayanist. You're looking for a little world, a little globe where you're the only inhabitant and there's no one around you to bother you. And you don't have to worry about who's suffering where. You don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. Because you're in your own little world, it's blissful. Yeah, you, you know, flowers rain on you every morning. Uh, you know, if you want roses, roses fall on you. If you want, uh, what's that called? Never mind. Uh, the blue flower. Uptala. You know Uptala? Uptala? Well, it's supposed to be the rarest flower in the universe. It blooms every once, I don't know, every century or something like that. And, uh, and the conditions have to be perfectly uh, correct for that one flower to finally show up. And it's blue. And you get to be in a world where it comes out, comes out all the time. Okay. So, that's, that, that, that's, your, that's your aspiration. Then, sorry, you became a Hinayanist. And when you, when you don't want to deal with people, I mean, in the beginning, not to encourage bad habit of responding in a way that is not helpful to you, not helpful to, to, to the person, then it's good to stay away. But staying away, that staying away shouldn't be your objective where you have an ultimate staying away where you're in your little universe by yourself. You get on your spaceship and you travel around and no one else is bothering you. Okay. That staying away is only big to, to keep the habit, uh, not to strengthen the habit. And when, but it, you don't just stay away and do nothing. You're supposed to work on that habit that, that, that makes it impossible for you to be directly dealing with people. You're supposed to work on it so that you can go out and deal with people. And what does it mean to deal with people? It doesn't mean that, please, don't use sentient beings. Don't use them. Oh, that person is uh, suffering. Let me go to help them so I can get some merit. <laughs> Come on, don't use them. If you, 
if you have a genuine concern for, for, for their suffering, go help them. Don't have the, ulti don't have the uh, no, what do you call it? ultimatum? No, not ultimatum. What's that thing? Ulterior. Thank you. Don't have the ulterior motive of, you know, why are you helping them? So I wonder how much uh, remit I'm getting, getting for this. Okay. And, by the way, <laughs> that's not how you get the merit that will eventually get you to Buddha. <laughs> It must, be come, it must come from a genuine concern <laughs> for the person's pain, for the person, whatever suffering that the person is going through. And you are helping, you are helping as much as your power allows you to help. You don't have to, you know, sell all your assets, sell everything that you've got and give it to the person. That, may, that might even be what makes the situation even worse for the person. Just go from a true sense of concern and let that true sense of concern guide you. Just like, oh, so there's a reason for, it's a practical reason for doing that stuff. Think about your objective and let it guide you, let, that, let it fill your mind. So in the same way, when you have, feel a genuine sense of concern for someone, you, you directly perceive some sort of uh, pain. Don't. Oh, uh, sorry about that. <laughs> Don't pretend to be spiritual by going into examining, so-called examining the ultimate nature of it. Okay. Oh, there's suffering over there. Hmm. It must be coming from <laughs> the fact that. It doesn't exist ultimately. <laughs> Therefore, <laughs> I'm forced to perceive. <laughs> and you're waiting for the person's uh, pain to go away while you're doing your, your analysis. <laughs> and then when, you, when the pain doesn't go away, oh, I did the analysis wrong. Let me go back to the cushion. And the person is still there, still suffering. Okay. And you think you're, you're the most spiritual person I mean. You got tantric initiation. <laughs> you were told you were special. <laughs> uh, not to say that going on your cushion is is, is worthless. Okay. Uh, you must when you, when you sit on the cushion, you you must there must be a sense of I'm doing an actual something, and this is. This is going to connect me to the remedy that is needed. Okay, perhaps for your own, uh, no, if it's no, if it's a hammer that you need you need to to carry, and all the only strength you have is to you know carry a pencil, then carry the pencil. <laughs> kind of funny. <laughs> Sorry. All of a sudden, there was this image of this cartoon I saw. <laughs> 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 I shouldn't have thought about that. I'm stuck with that laughter. <laughs> There's a little, little kid, <laughs> and the, the parents are doing something. You know, there's a, a an enemy, and the, you know, the the big guy is beating the enemy, beating the enemy with some big weapon, and the little kid comes with a little something, and <laughs> <laughs> the little kid made a contribution. Okay. <laughs> 
So if that's all the contribution you can make, make it. Don't, don't, don't concern yourself about, oh, I should have been carrying the big hammer. Oh, why didn't I, why didn't I have the strength to carry the big hammer to do it? And, and all you do is just, and that's all your act, action is. You don't even you know, try at least to hit it with the pencil. That's all you're able to hit, to, to, to hit it with. Or at least have the aspiration to be able to carry the hammer one day. Or uh, make a prayer. Oh, I mean, somebody who can carry, carry this uh, hammer, come and, 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 and uh, use it. Okay? And just complain about, I can't do it. I have the ability to do it. Or you trick yourself thinking that, let me, let me be spiritual. Let me think about, because they say, think about emptiness is the ultimate thing. Okay, think about emptiness. It's empty. <laughs> some big words, you lack inherent existence. <laughs> uh, sorry about that. Uh, I'm not ready for the emptiness. <laughs> but, you know, we, we, we tend to lose track of why we started this whole thing in the first place. And the very, the interaction, the everyday interaction becomes less and less. And that's the very reason why you got in involved with this very fancy stuff. And one of the things that we lose, we might tend to lose track of something very simple and very, very powerful, being considerate. That's a sign of a highly evolved or uh, a spiritually evolving person, someone who shows consideration. You can't wait until you on the Bodhisattva of the 11th Bhumi for you to start to implement consideration. You have to start implementing it now to whatever degree that you can. And just holding on to the intention, waiting and willing to be considered will bring you in, 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 in connection, will bring you into contact with that power that will, uh, that will allow you, that will per, uh, enable you to be able to help in that big way that you want to help. What do you mean by be considerate? It's holding on in your, in your mind, it's like having a, a, a being vigilant about is my action in any way harming in some degree? And you want to avoid that. And also, taking a step further, in some way, how can I help? Okay. And uh, the example that is given all the time by Geshe, uh, by Geshe, Geshe Michael is Jamba. Jamba is the embodiment of that. You walk into the door, he wants to make sure that he doesn't say anything, doesn't do anything that harms you in any way. Doesn't, you know, doesn't harm you, doesn't hurt your feelings. Uh, and then he wants to make you, make you comfortable in whatever way he thinks will make you comfortable. And at the same time, he's open to, if he offers you a chair and the chair is not going to be comfortable, comfortable, uh, comfortable 
but he offers it thinking that it will be comfortable. And you say, I'm sorry, this is not going to be comfortable for me. For, for me. He's not stuck to the idea, you better sit on the chair because I'm, I'm being considered to you. Okay? He's open to maybe something else, to offer you something else. Okay? So it's holding on to that willingness, that readiness, hypervigilance, may my actions not bring harm to others. And, and, and thinking about how can I help? What ways can I help? And then just look, look. How do you live your life? How do you eat? How do you sleep? How do you, you know, all those things. And you look around. There are other people, I think they sleep also. I think they also eat. Uh, uh, is there something lacking in those areas for them? Do I have the capacity to uh, facilitate uh, that for them? Or am I somehow in the way of them getting those things? I should step away so they can get it. I should uh, uh, facilitate that, uh, somehow help facilitate, uh, help, help facilitate that for them without imposing your, yourself on the person. Uh, hello, my name is uh, Buzok. I'm, uh, I'm a superior being because uh, I'm going to be a Buddha for, for you. Uh, <laughs> 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 and uh, after examining, you know, the ultimate nature of the situation, uh, you should sit on this, you should, you should stay here. No, you should stay here because uh, I'm superior than you and I'm, you know, I'm a Buddha to be. Uh. <laughs> so you better take my advice, okay? No, you have to take it. Um, um, it it's good for you because <laughs> I'm a superior being and because <laughs> my teacher told me I'm, I'm involved in this rare thing. <laughs> I moved the red ring to the far left channel you know, every morning. <laughs> That's why I stopped listening at this point. <laughs> <laughs> you should tell them the chair lacks any inherent existence. There's no comfort in it. Yeah, forget that part too. <laughs> uh, so, when you start, start to truly adopt what is called the Mahayana attitude, it will show in your behavior as far as consideration is concerned. And you don't have to be a Mahayanist or Vajrayanist for it to start to be considerate. Okay. Even if you're, oh, if you're a true Hinayanist, you have, you have some degree of consideration also. And if you're supposed to be the Mahayana, Mahayana follower of the, greatest, the greater vehicle, and if you're truly on the superior vehicle, not superior vehicle because, you know, it's yours. Because the aspiration is, is superior. What, what makes it superior? I am willing to continue to see suffering. I'm willing to continue to see it. Wherever it, may, wherever it exists, I'm willing to continue to see it. And not just see it as you know, like a show, but to see it and, and, and see what I can do to alleviate it. Wouldn't there be 
exactly the same degree of consideration because the doctrine that is common to both is the same doctrine, which is the doctrine of non-harm. Oh, with the with the Hinayana and Mahayana, it's the same exact doctrine, not view, but doctrine. Doctrine uh, of non-harm, which combines compassion, combines love, mm -hmm. and and obviously avoidance of, yeah. of any. And what will make it Mahayana is adding the the motivation of the Mahayana. But yeah, but the same basic same basic uh, foundation. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Uh, Okay, it's that time. <laughs> We're past that time, okay. <laughs> uh, my concern for you, <laughs> I don't want you to be a practitioner 20 years from now, 30 years from now, not feeling or not experiencing that you are actually where you're still questioning whether or not you're on a path mm -hmm. where you don't experience any kind of transformation taking place and what will I can tell you what will assure you that, that you can uh, avoid that is to make sure that this thing is very very clear in your mind what do you really want? Okay. And be honest with yourself. Perhaps I... Uh, it's okay, really the last one. <laughs> Perhaps you were bullied when you were, uh, when you were young and that created some sort of a... Uh, uh, some sort of defense, what you call a defense uh, reaction where oh, if I was strong, I wouldn't be bullied anymore and you kept that even though you're no longer a little kid and you kept that and you don't know if you're still keeping it and you're reacting to the world with that from that, from that level and you don't know it and you enter what is called spiritual practice and then that is the real reason why you're studying you're doing the spiritual practices and you don't know it and you're thinking I'm going to become a Buddha and what you're really thinking I'm going to be strong so I can beat, up, beat, beat those guys who bullied me when I was young and if you don't know it, it's, it, it's not going to go away. Okay. It's going to govern you. It's going to motivate you. It's going to uh, make you act. Okay. When you're praying to Yamantaka, that very fierce being, or when you're praying to... Ooh, you ever seen Pella Lamo? Anybody seen Pella Lamo? Mm. I mean, she is... Whoo, she is fierce. <laughs> okay. So when you see the fierceness in Pella Lamo, and when you're praying to Padalamo, you're not aware that this fierceness that you're seeing is a fierceness against suffering. You're thinking, ah, that guy used to bother me. That this, this fierceness can, can, can stop him. And that's it. And you think that you're actually trying to become a Buddha when you really just want to address something that happened to you a long time ago that you were not able to, uh, uh, to were not able to, were not able to overcome. What was that? Overcome. Mm -hmm. You weren't able to overcome the Yeah, you were not able to overcome it, yeah. Okay. And not, not saying that those things are, you know, if you have those things that you should just toss them aside, you better address them. 
Okay. Some uh, read it. Read the last sentence. <laughs> I'm not sure, but perhaps it's the uh, the culture uh, that uh, the Lamas, the Tibetans grew up in. Uh, perhaps it provided the the culture, not the teaching, and you know, uh, but how they lived. Somehow they sort of. Uh, implemented something within the culture that deals with those things. Okay? But we don't have those things here. Especially, there isn't really a culture that we can speak of. It's a bunch of people with independent ideas, which is wonderful. But, at this, uh, but there are things that we don't, don't really deal with. Things that happen to us. Perceptions that we had when we were very young, when we didn't know much conclusions that we drew when we were very young that we didn't know when we didn't know much these conclusions are guiding our lives we better go and deal with them we have to go and deal with them you will not get anywhere on the path okay i'm not talking about you go see a necessarily go see a you know, psychiatrist somewhere or but in your practice you have to deal with them they, they will come up they will come up in your practice and you have to deal with it in a realistic way. Then you you're able to make you're able to grow, really grow spiritually. Otherwise, you're not gonna make any any event any progress. any progress mm -hmm. any progress on the path. Because for you, they are real issues. You may throw emptiness at it as much as far as as much as you want. It's not going to do anything until you really deal with it. Until emptiness is a real, real thing for you. Okay. What do you mean by deal with it? How do you deal with it? Well, it begins by first realizing that you have it. Being aware of it. And then and try to understand how it came to be, uh, how it came to, have, uh, to be such a concrete thing in, in, in you. What were you perceiving at that time that made you hold on to it? Things like that. An example I would give you is uh, perhaps your the first time you were yelled at, maybe. Okay. And somehow, somewhere in your unconscious mind, you hold on to that experience as. Uh, Try to go to that, just 
the memory of the sense of tranquility. you have the slightest taste of it, I'll stabilize it by observing five cycles of breath. back to that place where the objective of your aspirations merge with your mind. And never mind the details about how you look, uh, what are the specifics that you know, but just have the general sense of being one with that, with, with your objective. And one characteristic you can bring to mind is the sense of no longer striving, the sense of actually resting. to those places in the universe, in this world, where there isn't such clarity, where there isn't such lack of striving, and you see the pain and the troubles 
that such lacking brings. And strongly wish that those places and those people can experience what you are now experiencing. So they're not blinded by their afflictions. Finally, resting, no longer having to strive don't be disconnected from that wish. Don't just throw it and hope that it lands somewhere. Have the intention to be the embodiment of that intention, of that wish. <coughs> that when you encounter others you will encounter them, you will relate with them with that intention. You can begin the rehearsal in your mind now. You get up from this meditation, keep the state of mind with you. You go out, you encounter the people, and you maintain this as you continue start to relate with others. And those who are sensitive enough are aware of something. Those who are not as sensitive they are affected in some way. who don't have it, if they came to have it, they will also value it just like you. So with a mind filled with compassion, filled with love, 
in a complete willingness because of that love, because of that compassion willing to be separated from this tranquility give it to all beings dedicate the merits of this tonight's think of something specific and, and think of something ultimate slowly become aware of the breath and through the awareness of the breath slowly become aware of the body again 